All right, guys, what's up? This is the Talker Go Home podcast. Uh, I'm Nick Wilson, and to my left is the one, the only Brandon Farmer. That's it, man. That's it. Good I'm to see you again. Good to see you too, man. How How was your weekend? Uh, it was good. Played a little football. Awesome. And, um, of course, the, uh, the youth team, A team, went past the first round of the playoffs and defeated a – I can't even think of it right now. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> Defeated um, a great team, Cherokee <laughs> County. Cherokee Defeated County. Cherokee County. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Defeated yeah. a great team. Yeah. So it was, it was, uh, it was nice to uh, get that bias, and uh, we got to go to Jacksonville, Alabama, and play the championship game. So it's safe to say that you've been very busy. I have been very busy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, with, I with, have. with the business and everything, everything's still rocking with the landscape business. It's slow. Yeah, yeah. Very I t- slow. So. I, 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 well, let me tell you this. Especially this time of year. Education never slows down. That's true. You know what I mean? So I've been – it's like football has ended for us, but it's still – I'm still rocking and rolling. We're we rolling into wrestling season and all that good stuff, so it's great. But what we're going to talk about today on the podcast – I'm think excited is, about is, it. This has nothing to do with what we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This has nothing to do with, with the, the small banter that he and I just shared. But what we are going to talk about are our favorite – I guess in a way, our favorite conspiracy theories. And so, you know, we were talking about what we were going to do for the second episode back when we were developing this whole thing. And you said, hey, man. Well, actually, you started talking about this before we ever really got into the meat of making the podcast. Yeah. You mentioned to me, hey, have you, ever, have you seen this movie, this documentary, Missing 411, The Hunted? And I said, no, like, what's, what's it about? And, you know, missing people the theory behind why all these people are going missing in our national parks. And so I did a little research on it, and then, you know, we start the podcast, and you said, hey, what if we did this as an episode? And I said, well, that'd be pretty cool. This stuff is so freaky to me. Yeah. I mean, when you get into it, the stuff that goes on in these episodes and the people that disappear, it is creepy, man. It's just like you try to find an answer to it, Try to put like you know what I mean. What where could they have gone? What could they have done? Did you watch it? Did you I did. Watch? So I I watched. I haven't seen the entire movie or the entire documentary. I've seen the first half. Yeah, yeah. But I've done research on the film and I've looked at. So it was an independent film. You know, they did a they had a Kickstarter. Yeah. The director, the executive producers, the 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 whole team. Had a Kickstarter, and they their goal was to raise a hundred thousand dollars to make this movie, and they ended up raising like a hundred and fifty seven thousand dollars. I mean, they blew their goal out of the water because oh, there really? were so many people out there online that wanted to see this movie happen. And then that kind of led me into research about the author, David Politis, because this is this is based on some books. Yeah, this guy yeah, he, wrote he, a series of books, and a that's ton they, of them. He yeah. wrote a bunch of them. Yeah. And so I did some research. I've done some research on him. His name's David Politis. He was actually a detective for San Jose, the San Jose Police Department. And he has a, a background in missing persons cases, homicide, that kind of thing. And I really couldn't find the, the genesis of why he became so interested in missing people in our national parks, because that's what this whole movie is about I think he, on the one I watched I believe when he was younger he was living he was from Arizona right yes is that correct yes that's correct yeah a newspaper boy had got kidnapped or whatever and went missing 
and it was pretty local. It was in their town, and I don't know if you knew the knew the kid or not, but it kind of like from from that point on, it really like stirred uh, something in. Well, it was real. Yeah. You know, it's like this ain't this ain't you know this is you know this, this is real stuff. This is real. This stuff isn't that goes fiction. On. This isn't a headline that I'm looking at. This right, is, this exactly. impacts or this hits home. And you know, we've had a similar situation here in the state of Alabama. Yeah, in Auburn, a Southern Union student was abducted, and she. Man, she went missing for what two and a half weeks, yeah, still, something yep. like that. Mm-hmm. And then they finally found. They still haven't found her, right? right? But right. they've they have arrested a prime suspect. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but they've arrested a prime suspect. Found him in Pensacola, I believe, or in Florida. Yeah, brought him back up to uh, the Auburn area to investigate. Well, you know, and, we had another little girl. Yes, who went missing? Yes, and that was tragic. That kind of stirred stuff. But before that, you got people missing left and right. Yeah. It's insane. And uh, I know that's a lot of trafficking and all that stuff because you got a lot of people waiting at these Walmarts or so forth at gas stations on the interstate, and they just take these kids or whoever, and they take off with them, and, and, and they just dart down the interstate, and they're gone. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. I've got a friend of mine who's still at Auburn. She's still trying to get her degree, uh, and, and she's working – to become an agent, her her ultimate goal is to become an agent with the FBI and work in sex trafficking, yeah. and, well, trafficking, human trafficking in general, so that she can. When we started talking about this, I mean, she's been on this mission for I think about two or three years now, and when she first kind of found out that this could be a career, when she first discovered this career path, she was trying to explain it to me over dinner one night, and in the stats that she was just rolling off about. You know, here in Alabama specifically, it was it was a local conversation. But yeah. the importance of I twenty, the importance of sixty five and fifty nine to the human trafficking underground business that goes on in the United States, it's vital. You know, those are major arteries for traffic for of humans, and it's yeah. you don't want to think about that. It's not something that's that you go, okay, let me sit down and think about how awful society is and how one human could kidnap traffic and then sell another one into slavery you know in some other country well if you got a family you're gonna think about it yeah that's for sure because but you don't want to think about it is my point no you don't don't ever want to sit down no you don't want to but like you know you know at the times we've my wife has gone out and not by herself to go grocery shopping we stopped all that that don't happen no more you know just because of that because of the stuff they try to do you know they're going to try to they pick you out and then they'll go do something to your vehicle or they tag your vehicle, where they got other guys sitting around. Like, this is this is who we're, we're going after, type thing. Yeah, you get to you you think about this stuff even with the kids and stuff too. Don't want them being alone at all. So it's it's changed the way it used to be. It ain't all about you know letting the kids just roam the neighborhood wherever they want to go. Well, and it's funny you bring that up. I just I finished a movie. Uh, this was about a, yesterday actually. Yesterday was a busy day, but I managed I managed to squeeze in a, a movie. It's one of my pastimes, and I think I talked about that on the last episode. But called Mystic River. Ever seen it? Yes. It's got Kevin Bacon and Sean Penn, and seen the movie. It's been a while, but I have seen it. It's been a while, so it's got a lot of Tim Robbins is in it. I think Tim Robbins and Sean Penn won an Oscar for their for their roles in the film. Clint Eastwood directed it, yeah, and scored the film. He actually wrote and scored the music for the film which was i don't know 
I know Clint Eastwood is a talented man. I never knew he scored a film, though. Yeah, but uh, watched that for the first time. And in that film, the opening scene is these three friends. They're, I believe, 11 or 12 years old, and they're playing in the street in a neighborhood of Boston. And they're playing street hockey or something, but then out of nowhere, they start riding in the sidewalk because they just poured some new concrete. Up drives a black car, and out of this black car, a man, very tall man, steps out. He's wearing a long black jacket with a tie, uh, dress pants. He's got handcuffs. He pulls back his jacket. He's got handcuffs. You don't ever see a badge or a gun. You just see the handcuffs. Right. You know, he starts questioning the kids about why they're damaging municipal property and writing in the fresh cement on the sidewalk and that kind of thing. And then he asks where each one of them lives. The first one says, you know, I live right here. This my, this my house is right here. And it was literally right behind the kids. And the other one says, my house is the one right across the street there. Then the third kid, Dave, says that he lives a couple of streets over. And so the tall gentleman says, get in the car, pointing to Dave. Basically threatens Dave. Gets him in the car. And when he gets in the car, there's another man in the vehicle. And he leans over. And it's an older gentleman. Older, older gentleman. And he leans over, and all you see on his hand, that the older gentleman doesn't say anything, but you see a ring on the older gentleman's hand, and it's of a cross. And then it cuts to another scene as they're pulling away, and it's kind of implied that that gentleman was a priest. Yeah. And eventually you find out that they kidnap, they're kidnapping Dave. Right. They, I guess, acted like, they, they acted like they were cops. Yeah. But turns out that they were a part of the church, and they, you know, molested Dave as a 12-year-old boy and kidnapped him, and you go, and this was back in the 70s. Right, what this, yeah. this film, right. also based on a book, when this book was written, and this, I don't know if it was based off real events. I'm sure that that's happened before. But it, again, it makes you kind of think, man, do I want my kids going out and playing by themselves? Can I, can I trust society today? Because I know, I know my parents growing up in Alabama, granted we live kind of in a rural area, but we would go out and go ride our bikes or ride the RTV, ATV down the road, four-wheeler down the road, yeah, go to other people's different. houses all the time, you know? No, I guess it depends on where you live. But even where we live, sometimes it's hard for me to let my kids just go outside because even now we're not on the street. I mean, we're off the, we're off the main, main highways and stuff. We still have people come to our road. Who don't live around there? They just, you know, they come down and they, you know, a lot, a lot of people come around just just to turn around, you know, where we are and stuff. And so, you know, you want to watch that. You just you just want to keep on your your kids an eye on your kids. Period. So no um, parent ever wants to think that their kid could be abducted or killed, but tragically it happens more often than we would like to think, and especially we don't want it to happen in places where we think we're going to be safe, like a national park. Right, yeah. Which is what this movie deals with, Missing 411, The Hunted. Mm-hmm. In the books, the author, David Pilates, goes through case after case after case. And what's surprising about all these cases is that there there are a lot of things in common with each one of them. Yeah. And there are a lot of things that the search parties that go looking for these kids or these people, they run up on over and over again. And it's kind of alarming you know, so I, if you want to talk about that, I'd say go ahead. Yeah, go, I mean the very first it. story that, that's documented that he goes to in the hunting aspect of it, people going hunting and disappearing, is up in New York. Do you remember what town it was? I don't. Uh, know. I don't either. But it, it, you know, it was on the outgates of New York City. You know, out 
in New York, the state of New York. The way they do hunting up there, you've only got so many so many days of rifle hunting. But the way they do hunting is called where they they get in spots and areas and you'll have three to four guys sit in the area. You'll have three or four other guys go on the other side of them and then push deer towards them. You know, a lot of that's done up north. I've never really, I mean, I'm sure they've done it in the south, but, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot of it, but they still do it down, up there. Down south, you go up in a tree stand right. and you wait. Yeah, you, you wait. But up there, it's different. The 82-year-old man, his son, friends of his, and some the younger guys were the ones pushing deer towards them. So they get in areas of about 40 yards in the woods away from each other. And I think the 82-year-old guy was the very last one of where they were. He was on the, the very last outside of where they the were. The edge. The edge of it. So they're, I guess they're out there for about three or four hours, it seemed like. He's got a, okay, a walkie-talkie. Or he's got his walkie-talkie with him. He's got his gun. He's got everything he needs. If anybody was to come up on him and try to harm him, he's 82. He could probably take care of business with the gun that he's got. But he probably, you know, if somebody came up behind him and snuck up on him, it'd probably be trouble. Exactly, yeah. The thing about it was, after they were done and went looking for him, they couldn't find him anywhere. No trace. He completely disappeared. I mean, there's only so many scenarios you can go over what happened, what, you know, what'd he do, where'd he go, and all this other stuff. Still didn't find him to this day. The gun, the walkie-talkie backpack that he was carrying everything gone no trace of it not a trace of clothing nothing and you're just like hey, what is what in the world and i think there's this obsession that we have of knowing what happens in nature what happens i think that's a part of the hu- of, of the human spirit and what makes us human really is trying to figure out why things happen why does a volcano erupt why does it rain why is the ocean blue? How big is the universe? It's these questions of the unknown that pique our interest as humans and engage us or start these journeys that we take as scientists, as teachers, as historians. And I think it's situations like these that pique the conspiracy theorists within us all because imagine if there was a camera that saw whatever happened to him. Yeah. What would that footage reveal to us? What happened? And that's the key question here is, what happened? What happened to these people? What happened to him so that there was no trace of this man left on on planet Earth, at least any that we found? There were 16, according to David Politis, currently 1,600 people missing in our national parks. That's a lot of people. That's a staggering number. 1,600 people, that's half the size, more than half the size of our town. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, Uh That's like... If one day we woke up and half of Asheville were to just vanish. Well, you got a lot of things. You would say that's a lot of people, and it is. These national parks are so so huge, I guess you'd say. So, and when you go by, I mean, and a lot of these people went by themselves. Which is never a good idea. No. You always need to go with a, never go by a hiking yourself. partner. or exactly. not, not for this reason, but for any, just to be safe, always go with somebody else. Exactly. A lot of things out there in national parks, man. A lot of things. You, anywhere from wildlife, they can get you, which is one of my top five of things. To I, I mean, if something ever takes me out, like a creature-wise, yeah, I, I'm gonna fight until 
until my very last breath. Like if, a bear? Yes. Do you know what you're supposed to do if a bear attacks you? Yeah, right. Yeah. Do, do you, though? You huh? do? Yeah, you're supposed to lay down dead. Okay, okay. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. what the experts say. Right. Yeah, it don't always happen. Yeah. I mean, they're still going to do Look at the like, revenant. Right. If they're hungry, they're going to eat, okay? <laughs> if they're hungry, they're going to eat. And I'm, I'm going to give that bear everything that I got where he's got to fight and say, look, I don't want to mess with this meal anymore. Yeah. I don't have nothing to do with him. I'm going to just leave him alone. I want to be that guy. You know what I'm going to do in that situation? I'm going to zigzag, run and zigzag. That, you can't tell me a bear is agile. Now, they may be fast, <laughs> but or I'm going to find something to climb. I don't know. They can climb, too. Crap, that's not a good idea. Don't yeah, listen to me. Yeah, Never mind. Don't yeah. listen to any advice climbing, that I just said. Climbing, they've got down pretty Because here's bad. the thing. If a bear comes at me, look, y'all, I'm 6'3", 170 pounds, you know, wet. I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm not going to be able to do much to a bear. Right, yeah. But I would like to think that I would fight for my life. Well, <laughs> I'm definitely not going to play dead. Yeah. I'm probably going to get big. Get big as him because I'm 6'4 myself. You're, so, yeah, you're taller than I am. Right. And you're also much, you, you've got a lot more muscle mass than well, I do. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just saying that. Well, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? Huh? How much do you weigh? Uh, if you, if you're comfortable because how much I weigh don't mean I got <laughs> muscle on me. <laughs> Especially now, that's for sure. I don't know. You're a pretty big guy. No. Yeah, big guy. That's what I'm saying. You're over 200 pounds. I'm 240. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, way yeah. over 200 pounds. Yeah. So let that out of the bag. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I didn't know if you wanted to reveal no, that. No, look, not. I ain't. Look, I ain't. But, and don't take offense to this because I ain't no woman. You know, I, yeah. man, we, we, we tend to talk about our weight a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, you ask a woman that now. Yeah, don't ever do yeah, that. Don't, get, don't tread in that area. I would say I would try to get big, get angry, get mean at it. If it's still hungry, it, it ain't going to matter. It's still probably going to come after me no matter what. But could stop it where it, it thinks or something. And You're going to give it a run for its money no matter what. That's it, man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to claw its eyeballs out, whatever I can do. I'm just going to. I mean, whatever. I, so, I mean. so what are you going to do then if, let's say you're hiking alone, you don't take your own advice, let's say you're hiking alone in Yellowstone, and out of nowhere, let's say you're camping, you've set up for the night, you're on the edge of a lake, you're set up for the night, and you're camping, you're chilling, you're hanging out, you got a fire going, you got your tent set up, you're roasting some marshmallows and some s'mores, and you're, you've got a ukulele, and you're sitting there, and you're singing to yourself. Don't know why you'd be doing that, but you are, okay? <laughs> and then out of nowhere, you hear some twigs breaking behind you, you look and turn, almost like in a movie, there's nothing there. And then you turn back around and bam, there's a guy there. He's beating you with a club or, and he's got a knife and he's trying to get at you. What's, what's your plan there? Get big? I mean, <laughs> what do you do? Oh, really? You kind of hit me pretty quick with that. And I was like, you know, I thought you were going to say a bear, but you were like, this man came up on, <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Because I a think man. that's the implication behind these the missing 411 documentary is that there are people that go out and take these innocent no i mean if that was to happen i'd be in full-on fight mode whatever i can do to survive whatever scenario i'm in i guess what about you what about me yeah uh well my greatest defense mechanism is my mouth is are my words immediately i'm gonna start screaming why are you doing this to me i thought you were gonna say you're gonna bite him <laughs> or something along <laughs> the lines <laughs> But I would immediately, because that would definitely be going through my mind is, okay, why is this person doing this to me? Why am I being attacked? What have I done to deserve this? I would try to defend myself as best I could. Punch the crap, you know, just throw some fists, kick, yell for for help. I Granted, you're in the middle of Yellowstone. You're probably eight to ten miles from the nearest human. 
Yeah, probably so, not going to get nothing there. Exactly. But that doesn't mean – it's hard to predict in those situations, even when you're talking about the bear attack, because your instincts take over. Yeah. And when your instincts take over, you don't ever really know what you would do in a situation like that until you've been through a situation like that. I don't think anybody does unless they've prepared stuff for like that. I guess somebody going through, you know, some type of karate class or something along them lines or, you know, who's a military guy, they're going to go through them scenarios of some sort. And you go on, well, they're gonna be they're gonna train for it. Yeah, and, and and them type of people, you know, a lot of times whatever they're trying to do, they're gonna run up on the wrong person. I mean, they don't know who they are. They're gonna run up on them, and they're gonna try to do whatever they're trying to do. And well, that person actually, you know, probably more dangerous than you are. And if you're talking about you going back to the human trafficking situation, these guys do this for a business. You know, they look for targets all across America. Yeah, they're not. They're gonna be skilled. They're not stupid. Exactly. They're they smart. try to go for the weakest. They can get the thing. The thing about this, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but the thing about this that I find so interesting is that we don't know what has happened to these people from this. You know that this documentary focuses on. We don't know where these people have gone. We don't know what's happened to them. We would like to assume that it's as simple as they were abducted and and trafficked, but it could it could be something else. It could be a serial killer or some, something along. The, I can't even. My imagination doesn't even want to delve into the depths of evil that it would take to to do this to somebody. Yeah. But it could be something else. And the documentary implies that a little bit that there may be some supernatural explanations, which I'm not. I don't agree with. But I don't know. How do you feel about that? Take for instance the 82 year old man. What do you think happened to him? I think he was attacked by some sort of animal and maybe a mountain lion i don't know drug to a den somewhere and eaten and, and they just they haven't they haven't discovered the evidence of the attack yet yeah there's a part of me that wants to believe that there there's always a part of you that wants to go and think about the illogical yeah. that wants to think okay he was attacked by a serial killer by ghost by alien whatever okay but then there's the part of your brain that wants to think it out logically and go no, there's no way that any of that can happen. There's no way that that's plausible. He just vanished somehow, got sick, got lost, fell in a hole and died. Nobody's found his remains. The re- Because they were so close, 30 or 40 yards away from each other, you saying him being attacked by an animal, you'd think you would have heard a scream or a holler. That's true. Something along them lines. That's the closest thing I think he did was, was fall in a hole somewhere. Something like that. Something like that. And it kind of, when he fell into it, it kind of brought itself back up, and nobody never gonna know in, unless they, you know, stumble upon that hole, which they tracked that area over and over again. You know, they took string, and by the time they were done with it, they were going they had string all over the place because people had just they had marked it and they had gone through there, you know, so much searching for him. Yeah, searching for him. So, and then you got the other guy who um, I can't remember where it was. Was it Montana? I believe so. If, if we're talking about the same guy. Yeah, he went. There was, there was an instance in Montana. Yeah, where he was with a, two other guys, I believe. And two other guys went one way. He went 150 yards another and disappeared from there, from where he, were, where he was. Boom, gone. Had a handgun with him. You know, had everything with him to protect himself. And still nothing. Didn't find anything. When I was watching the movie, because it's one big giant conspiracy theory about, even though there is no hard solution or hard answer offered by the film as to why these people go missing. It's more about the fact that they are missing and that they do disappear and there's all these similarities. It kind of leads me to think about 
other conspiracy theories out there. I'm not a big conspiracy theory guy. But one of the favorite conspiracy theories to hear people talk about, and I don't know why, is it's the fact that we didn't land on the moon. Or what people say, you know, we didn't land on the moon. We didn't actually launch into space and travel however many miles it took for Apollo 11 to get to the moon to land yeah, and for Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin to be the first and second men alive on the surface of the moon. I I can't buy into that. You know, they say NASA created this huge production. They worked with Stanley Kubrick and all these movie Hollywood directors and producers. I don't know. It's there's too much evidence otherwise to prove that we did land on, on the moon. And it requires it requires too much second guessing of the facts that have already been presented and you not second guessing your own facts that aren't really hard evidence anyway. So when then when you look at what they draw out in missing four one one in that documentary, a lot of it I think could be explained away by foul play. The 82-year-old, we don't know if somebody killed him. That was a part of that hunting group. Logically, that's I would hate to think that one of his friends would want to kill him or one of his family members. Right. But that makes the most sense otherwise, other than him falling in a hole or something like that. I don't know. Is this your favorite set of conspiracy theories? Like, are you a big conspiracy theorist, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Because uh, you're the one that turned me on to this movie, this documentary. Yeah. I like this kind of stuff. The landing on the moon stuff. Is the world flat? Exactly. You get all that. I really care less about all that. You know. You're not. So you're not a flat earther. You don't believe the, the world's flat, <laughs> and we can fall off. Uh, no, no, I don't. You don't. Don't make me go there, Nick. Please don't make <laughs> me go there. I don't want to go there. I don't sorry, want to I talk about them. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I brought it up. Yeah. It's um. No, I know what you're saying though. Is it? No. This this stuff piques my interest, just because it's real life people who go out and do ordinary things out of their ordinary day and this stuff just happens now like we were talking about the national parks man these are huge areas to to miles and uh, and miles and miles and miles of just wooded areas and you got anywhere from wildlife to drug cartel in the mountains doing drugs and just whoever uh, you know up in there and just like we were talking about definitely don't want to go by yourself because you're just asking. You're not asking for it, but you're just the the percentage is pretty high. You get out there by yourself and, and doing that stuff. And I'm 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 sure a lot of people do by themselves. They get out there anyway because they've been doing it for a long time. Well, there's a reason that you don't hear about a lot of pairs or trios or groups of four or five or six getting abducted or very getting attacked. rare. You know what I mean? It's like that never happens because whatever's happening to these people, it's happening to them partially because they're alone. Right. And they get into trouble somehow, or they're targeted, or whatever, but they're alone. That's the big thing. There's nobody there to help them. Exactly. To help corroborate whatever happens to them, to help save them from whatever's attacking them. I guess the moral of that story is just go places with people. Let, let, me, ask you, let me ask you this. <clears throat> you ever been hunting? Yes. You ever come out of there by yourself in the dark? Yes. That's that's a weird thing. I mean... It is. You know, my, my brother-in-law has a couple thousand acres. Some of them areas you get way back there in the woods. I mean, you're you're deep back there. When you're walking out of there around six thirty, seven o'clock, and it's as dark as it can be, and you can't <laughs> you can't see the. I mean, you can't see nothing in front of you. You hear noises. You hear noises, it's, it's and you're crazy. walking back. You got a gun. You feel safe. 
that aspect. To but a certain again, degree, yeah. To a certain degree. But you never know, man. You never know if that can be kind of eerie feeling. But Well, you know, I was listening to a, another podcast, and they were talking about the feeling of being something being creepy. And that feeling coming from the fact that from all these studies that universities and researchers have done on that emotion that yeah. it comes from or it originates from the fact that we can't explain why something happens it kind of goes back to what i was talking about earlier you know when we're looking at the universe and we want to explain why the unit you know how big is the universe why is the ocean blue that kind of thing it's when you have something something's creepy when your mind cannot explain its origin or its genesis or why it's doing this thing or how it's doing it and when you're coming out of the woods and you're hearing all these sounds and you're alone you get that eerie feeling that creepy feeling because you cannot compute being there in that moment and hearing these sounds and you not knowing what's making those sounds you not knowing what's making this environment so tense and so unsettling for you it's this feeling of just not knowing what the heck is going on first of all you can't see it yeah exactly you don't know what's coming if something's yeah, in coming. The dark so i mean uh, you can't see nothing so if you when you can't see nothing that's when uh yeah that's when the um little bit of uh fear anxiety or whatever starts to creep in a little bit a lot of this stuff that goes on i couldn't imagine what some of the families go through some of the loved ones who go missing like that uh, especially it's like, got to be devastating yeah especially like you know we, you were talking about the girl here in alabama you know that went missing and we got so many of those and yeah i thank god every day that you know he watches over us and keeps us keeps us blessed from anything like that happening going on but there's still there's evil like that stuff out in the world and the tragedy is is that if somebody dies or if something happens to one of your family members, you get closure with that funeral, with seeing that body go into the ground or throwing those ashes out into the ocean or whatever it is you do. But when you have something like this happen where your five-year-old toddler goes missing in Oregon in the middle of the wilderness, there is never any closure. They're just gone. They're vanished forever. Yeah. Yeah. How do you handle that? Right. That's something that's always that's something I never want to experience, but it's something that I've always been amazed at is that these people they they have to continue living, they have to continue moving on, but something's happened to their kid and what's even more amazing is they can't explain what it is. Yeah. What's happened to their child? What's what's happened to their brother, their father, their sister, their mother, their cousin, whoever it is. Right. There is no explanation. Nope. There is no closure. And I think that's one of the craziest things that this series of books and that this documentary brings up is that there is no closure towards the end of the film do they not bring up some more weird yeah interesting kind of like a sasquatch type exactly, stuff yeah. and that this kind of it kind of got away from the more the, grounded reality right, kind of people going missing it kind of got away from that a little bit still man still interesting stuff um well, well speaking of sasquatch bigfoot whatever is this your favorite set of conspiracy theories even though there is no answer uh yeah yeah i would i would say so i really enjoyed it and i'll probably go watch more more of them you gonna read the books i doubt it i doubt i'll read the books you I love, i'm not a huge reader anyway yeah but I know some of the books bring something that the documentaries or the videos don't bring. So I may go and buy the books just I mean, because they're they so tired right now. Am we're, I? Uh, Am we're, I very we're, tired? We're, I'm talking about both of us. Oh, yeah. tired. Yeah, I don't know why because day. I got great sleep last yeah, night. Yeah, I know. We got just, some great sleep. I will. 
You gonna fall asleep? I, I actually <laughs> fell. I, that's I fell asleep watching this. Actually, yeah. I'm gonna be honest with you. I fell asleep watching this because you know we talked about yesterday. We got to do this. And well, Nick, you, you work so much, man. I don't even see how you yeah. sleep <laughs> most of the time. Well, a lot of people, th- and we're down another pig trail. But I'm gonna explain this real quick or say this. I work a lot. I do work a lot. Like I'm at work right now. Yeah. And it's a Sunday. Right. And I'm going to, once we get done recording this, I have another project that I've got to do that we've got to work on that you actually are here for too. Exactly. But it's fun. It is. So, it is you know, it. I am tired because we'll I do work a lot. Wear ourselves out. and. But that's what it is. That's what it is. That's, that's life. Yeah. I think going back to the film and this whole concept of these missing people, it's always, you always want to put yourself or I don't know about you but I know I do I always want to put myself into these people's spots situations about what I would do if something like that happened what would happen if I went missing what would happen if I was abducted you know how would I react kind of like what we said a minute ago about the whole Yellowstone scenario how would you react in a situation like that and you hope that it would be a movie ending where you escape you handle your the situation and you survive and you get back to your family and you're not permanently scarred by these experiences. But the sad case is is that most of the time, out of these 1,600 people, how many of them are found? And that's what's scary, is that there is no escape. Yeah. There is no happy ending. Reality... Very little. Exactly. Reality is so depressing when you talk about this. And that's why I hate to even... When I was watching the movie, that was the one thing that kept going over in my mind was how many of these people are still alive? Probably none of them. No. And if they are, what circumstance are they in? What's the context? It's a very interesting situation overall. It is. Do you think they'll make a sequel to this? Do you think they'll continue to look at this? Do you think David Politis is going to? I don't know. I don't know if he'll continue to. to, I think he's just continuing to to make different ones underneath the 411, uh, different different scenarios over under different circumstances i want to watch the rest of them check them out because i'm i'm just you know me and you were talking on today i like watching that stuff and and some of these uh there's a show called um cold case file on netflix yes yeah and talks about these cases been going on for 20 almost 30 years and end up solving them because of technology's coming so far and the dna coming so far i enjoy that stuff Enjoy watching all that. That just piques my interest. In. Speaking of that, there was a movie that I watched recently called The Pelican Brief. Oh, have yeah. Denzel Washington. You and have seen yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Pelican Brief is good, man. Pelican Brief. Julia Roberts is yep. in it. John Lithgow's in it. It's got a couple of good actors in there. Yep. Stanley, a young Stanley Tucci's in it. Yeah. He plays the assassin. That's a good movie. So I'm watching The Pelican Brief, and basically for those of you that haven't read the book because it was a book written by John Grisham, but it was also a movie that they made late eighties, early nineties. Okay, somewhere I didn't in there. know that. Yes, yeah, oh yes, yeah, a John John Grisham novel based on a John Grisham novel. But the whole concept of the film is that this two Supreme Court justices are murdered; they're assassinated, yeah. and this law student at Tulane University, played by Julia Roberts, discovers the plot behind their assassination, why they were assassinated, and it's not just something simple like there's a Middle Eastern. Because in the in the movie, it's posited that it was just a Middle Eastern terrorist hired to kill these two guys to yeah. destabilize the American government. And in the Pelican Brief, it's not that at all. It's a deep, dark... It goes all the way up to basically the White House. Right. It the, the, it's her th- this theory that she develops. She does a lot of research. and It's called the Pelican Brief. 
this report that she composes that she then turns into the FBI who then come and hunt her because they're yeah. involved in the conspiracy itself. They were involved in the assassination. And the, throughout the whole film, I'm thinking about this podcast. I'm going, this is because there's so much discussion yeah. these days about political con- conspiracy theories and how they affect how the president does things. Or Our current president right now talks about this war of, that he's waging with the deep state. Yeah. And yeah. You have the whole Comey thing and the... You never want to think that this is going to happen. You never want to think that this is true. But you look at the situation and how the Pelican Brief as a movie plays out. Granted, it is a movie, but it plays out in a way that you go, oh, my God, that might actually happen. Might do it. Like that. That is something that could happen. Yeah. I haven't. You picked my interest again. Sorry. You sorry. Somebody. I know. I want to go back and watch that movie now. It's such a good movie. Yeah, it's been a while since. God, I've seen it. man, and a well-made movie too. Like I'm watching it. Yeah, that's a young Denzel. God, yeah. man, it's just like so well directed, well written, well acted, well shot. The movie opens up, and and you're watching just footage of pelicans and birds over an estuary in a swamp somewhere, and the sun is setting. Two-thirds of the way into the movie, you figure out that that whole opening scene comes from a PBS documentary that helps Denzel and Julia Roberts prove their whole theory is true. And it's yeah. just like, my God, it's, it's just a good movie. Man. Yeah, it I'm, is a really I'm, good movie. Now, granted, it's also an older movie. but So I'm going to watch it tonight. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's a great movie, though. I it highly is. recommend it. Is. I highly I, recommend it. A lot of them early movies like that are really, really good. So. And I think that's something that you know you and I are probably going to we talked about it a little bit, but are probably going to do from now on is make recommendations at the end of every episode. Yeah. That would be my recommendation. It could be music, movies, TV shows. Anything. Uh, food. I don't care. Anything. It's whatever. But this episode, I'm going to recommend that you go watch The Pelican Brief if you haven't. Or read the book. Well, I am. Now I am. Are you also going to... Is that your recommendation Not too? sure. Let's make it both. You don't have another one? I don't have... I, I actually, I really, you kind of came in. I'm sorry, with a better one than me. So the Pelican, but seriously, the Pelican Brief is a great movie. Yeah, go and watch it. I know. You know, we say this podcast is all about well, really anything. Uh, I was actually explaining the podcast to somebody the other day. It was, I was explaining it to Clint, who's a mutual friend of ours. Who's that? Who's that again? What? Clint. Clint. Oh, I'm yeah, not, yeah. I'm He's gonna about. love how much we've talked about him on this podcast when he it. hears this. I know it. I was talking to Clint and explaining to him the concept behind the podcast, and he said. Oh, so it's like the Seinfeld of podcasts. It's a show about nothing. That's pretty much this show, yeah, man. I mean, we talk about anything, but it's anything, about nothing. Yeah, that's That it. should be our motto. That should be our slogan. It should be. Talk about um, anything, but it's about nothing or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, we'll figure so, it out. Something along them lines. We'll so, figure it out. I mean, we just talk about whatever. Yeah, we talk about whatever. But I also have another recommendation. You what ready? you got? You ready for this? Make sure to stay tuned for all the up episodes we've got coming up because we have some other episodes planned I've got some episodes planned that I Look, actually haven't talked to you about. You've got more planned than I do. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. I, it's going to be interesting. We're going to talk about, we're going to try to be diverse in what we talk about and the different topics that we talk about. Yeah, and I'm still trying to learn and get better at this. So We both are. I don't know if our personalities come on here and just exuberate, I guess. I you know what uh, I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You know, I um, think they do. Here's the thing. When somebody meets me, I doubt this is ever going to happen. But if somebody ever go, ever walks up to me and goes, hey, you're that guy from the Talker Go Home podcast, I'm going to go, yeah, how did you recognize me? The first thing, I'm going to go, how did you recognize me? Because I haven't said anything. But the second thing is that, you know, I I am, this is me. I'm not putting on an act. I mean, you, you've talked to me on yeah. multiple occasions outside Very. of this podcast. Very. This is me, and as far as I can tell, you're being you. We're not putting on a show. So I no. hope that that translates. 
Yeah, I think he will. I think we'll, as we go on, get some more podcast underneath our belt. Exactly. We'll and we got to right. get some more people on here. We got to get Clint on here. Yeah. That would be awesome. Are you sure about that? You know, <laughs> are you sure? You know, making all do these we other. want to open up that bottle of. <laughs> I don't know. But I will say this, making all these other, doing all these other projects that involve I'm media just joking and TV with you, Clint. And, and that kind of thing. I've realized that the more, the, the crazier that your program is or your project is or your whatever you're doing is. Yeah. Usually the better ratings it's going to get. And that's bad because yeah. <laughs> it encourages, encourages the the awful industry that we now know as reality TV, which Whew. which that is something that I will not recommend, even though I have been a fan of certain reality TV shows over the course of my life. I'm not really a fan of any right now, but still, just know this. That's why we that, recommend The Pelican Brief. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The Pelican Brief. Starring Denzel Washington and Julia Roberts and John Lithgow. There you and go. And a couple of Sam Sh- Shepard, I think, was in there too. Speaking of which, whatever happened to Sam Shepard? I don't know. Where is he? Is he still acting? Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I don't Maybe. really know who Sam Shepard is. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> I don't I think, either. I think he was in, uh, I think he was in, God, what was he in? Something like, was he yeah. in Home Alone? I think he was the dad in Home Alone, the first two Home Alone movies. I think that's uh, Sam Shepard. Oh, he's dead. Is he? Yeah. Oh crap! <laughs> <laughs> he, he really is. Is he dead? Yes. I, you know what? Let's, let's see. Hold on. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Sam Shepard. Uh, you know we've Sam Shepard. Let's see. Samuel. Sh- no, that's not. Sa- yes, Sam Shepard was an American actor, playwright, and author. Okay, no, that's not him. Is that not him? That's not him. Who, who is it? Show it to me. Okay, that's what he looks like. Oh, Sam okay. Shepard. Yeah, yeah, that's not the Home Alone guy. No, that's not the Home but Alone guy. But he is. Yeah, well, no. The Home Alone guy is dead, though. He is dead. Oh, yeah. man, that's... Man, that's, I hate that. No, I don't know what happened to that guy. Sam Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing about him. Shoot, he made... No, he died, too. <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> Sam Shepard is also oh, dead. Oh, wow. Sam Shepard... Hold on, let's see what he's known for. Let's see here. Let's see. He doesn't have... All right, filmography. Sam Shepard filmography. I'm looking at Wikipedia. Hold on, I'm sorry. He was apparently a big... Military him. guy. Yeah, he was in another movie. I'm trying to think. He of. has a long. He was in Still Magnolia, Magnolias as Spud Jones. What else though? He was in The Pelican Brief as Thomas Callahan. Okay, he played Julia Roberts' boyfriend in The Pelican Brief. Okay, the law professor. That's who he was in The Pelican Brief. Other than that, he was not a lot. He was in Swordfish, Black Hawk Down. He was in The Notebook, Maybe hey, Charlotte's Hawk. Web. The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, which is a great movie. I'm trying to see not a whole lot of... He was in Mud. So he just died here recently or something? He died in 2017, yeah. Okay. He died in 2017. Hmm. His last film role was Never Here. Don't know what that is. Yeah. How old was he? He was, when he passed away, he was... Well, he was born in 43. He died at 73 years of age. Yeah, okay. In Midway, Kentucky. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's uh, it on this episode of Talk or Go Home. You have anything else for the audience? No, I was trying to think of anything that I could throw out there, but I am really just the Pelican Brief. That's all <laughs> I really got on my mind right now. I'm just gonna go home. I'm just gonna go home and <laughs> the Pelican Brief. I'm just gonna go home and watch that. Do y'all just, realize? Do you realize that we've gone from talking about a documentary? about missing people in our national parks to the Pelican Brief starring Denzel Washington <laughs> and Julia Roberts. Like, yeah, yeah. What an arc. That's, yeah, man, but that's that's what it's about. That's what it's about here. You know, we uh, just, The podcast about nothing. That's it. That's we it. talk about we, everything. We flow. We flow to one thing to another, 
It could be serious. The next time it could be we're having we're cutting jokes, we're having fun. It's whatever. And man. we're talking about the Pelican Brief. That's it. That's it. And I'm definitely watching that tonight. What are you watching? The Pelican Brief. That's it, folks. And don't remember uh or don't forget. You <laughs> don't remember. Don't forget. <laughs> you can talk or go home. <laughs>